Hello, Dave. Hi. Hi, Matt. How's it going? Oh, Matt, it could not be going better. I had a lovely time at your house, not to brag, but uh, was a guest in your home with you and Ben and mm-hmm. some other mm-hmm. very important uh, gay if power you, gentlemen. Listen, if you didn't get the invitation out there and you're listening, you should feel a little oh, bad about yourself. You should feel a little bit bad about yourself, but we will get to you eventually. But we were there to Keep watch- Keep doing what you're doing. We'll, we'll get to you. A seminal queer film that you have we already uh, screened. You and Drew Drogi do something called- Bad movie night. Uh, bad movie night. As part you, of Outfest. Yeah. Watch we, a bad movie. Uh, yeah. It's, it's kind of a late show of a very bad gay movie. Right. Uh, and typically we like to go way off the beaten path. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone, you know, you got your Xanadu, you got your, you know, oh. Um, uh, oh God, what's the movie that I'm thinking of with Carol Channing where she does it? Uh, um, Skidoo. Oh. There's things like that that, you know, that everyone knows about, but we kind of try to go a little bit further afield. Okay. So there's one that we had been trying to do for a very long time called Ben and Arthur. Yeah, and it's a uh, and I can't take credit for unearthing it myself. It, uh, I saw it at the Cine Family years mm, ago, right? Um, as part of the Five Minutes game. Now the Cine Family is going through some problems right now, but sure. they've they've done some good screenings <laughs> in the past. This being one of them. Now it's it is a I don't want to say too much about it because um, it goes immediately to Crazy Town, yeah, uh, and then and then takes a left and then takes another left and then just keeps going. It would I don't even, I wouldn't even know what to tell you. The logline might be I, I suppose it would be a, a a gay couple named Ben and Arthur. Yeah. want to get married. Yes, and it's roughly two thousand and one, and so there are some obvious legal obstacles. Right. And then, and then, and then other things happen. And then other things happen. Yeah. So this this movie is basically okay. First of all, I should tell you this: we should we should do we should do movie club. We should do homophilia movie club. Yeah. Uh, this movie is difficult to find, Ben and Arthur. This is such a deep cut that I don't know that we can recommend it because I don't know if you'll ever find it. Well, you can. There are two ways. You uh, you can actually order the DVD mm-hmm. from Amazon, which I have done. And given his gifts many times. Wow. Uh, so that is an actual DVD in a box. The box will tell you nothing about the movie, mm-hmm. but everything about why the movie was made, which is um, if you ever saw the movie Chuck and Buck uh-huh. with Mike White. Yeah. Uh, Mike White like puts on this whole play, like basically just so he can kiss Paul White. Yes. Okay. So that's essentially what Ben and Arthur is. It's the, <laughs> the guy who wrote, directed, produced, edited, scored, uh-huh. uh, everything, also stars in it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's him playing Arthur, and then Ben is. Is this like, you know, the handsome guy? Yeah, good looking Kind of generic yeah. handsome guy. You can right? see being a, a, a certain guy that wants yeah. to kiss For this, sure. this Ben fella. Yeah. So so it's like, let me devote eight years of my life to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it is, it is very much in the vein of the room in that every mm-hmm. single thing that is wrong, mm-hmm. um, that can be wrong with a movie, is wrong with this All movie. It. Yeah. it is truly, like, I, I'm just going to, this is a quick spoiler. They they go to um, to Vermont to get married and the establishing shot of the plane that takes them back to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. visibly a FedEx plane. Oh, like you, yeah, on, yeah, you yeah. can see the logo. You, there's a giant FedEx. So they, they just they drove down back. to Inglewood and parked yeah. and they were like, there's a plane. There's a plane. Get it. Yeah. Get it quick. Uh, okay. So you can get it on Amazon. If you want to just go ahead and spend the 20 bucks or whatever it is on the DVD, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Worth it. If you, uh, if you are wary or broke, mm-hmm. it is on YouTube in 11 parts. Oh, so you actually it. can, uh, but I would urge that you do it with a lot of friends around. Yes. Yes. Uh, throw it to your did. TV. Get the get the Apple TV. Get the the what a Google Stick or yep. the, whatever it is. 
sh- throw it to the TV. You, there will be 10 breaks in between because it is in 11 parts. There will be some, you, yeah. some momentum will be lost. And, but you might need those breaks because there's so much to unpack. There's right? a lot My to questions were building up to the level where I was like, well, I, I don't want to talk through the whole movie. So I'm just right. going to have to sit on these thoughts yeah. for now. It's truly like if honestly it is, it is so ineptly put together yeah. <laughs> that if you told me Michelle Gondry directed it, I would believe you. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. like it feels like everything is a choice. Everything is a choice. Uh-huh. And the world is so crazy and claustrophobic and weird. And it's filmed with uh, what I'm assuming is one of those very heavy, like full on VHS uh, yeah. tape, you know, video where, cameras. Where you carry the VH, v, VCR on your back. Yes. In a, in and you can backpack. literally, when, the, when they're fading out, you can hear their finger click the button and hold it down yeah. for fade out. Yes. And to like transitioning into scenes. And oh, tonally, good? I would say somebody observed this while we were watching that it was as if none of them involved had ever witnessed human behavior before. <laughs> like that's that exactly the level right. of like self-awareness that we're lacking in this movie. I yeah. cannot overstate that. Yeah. It's really, yeah. And this person does not understand how people work Never. in any way. No, it's, it's fucking amazing. It's it is so great. Incredible. Ben and Arthur. And then we'll discuss it at more length. Now I don't want to, in, in a couple of weeks yeah, after yeah, everyone's yeah. had a chance to see it, I, I don't want to give it away. It's no. just too good. It's too worth it. It's too worth so it. So that's Movie Club. Yeah. How about uh, what's going on with you? What are you watching? What are you doing? I mean, you know, I was uh, having some trouble accessing uh, Amazon on our television. No one cares about this kind of stuff. But because of that, I yeah. couldn't watch. I wanted to jump into Transparent Season 5 the minute it came out. I, yeah. I get at that with such a lack of of self-control that Michael, my boyfriend was like, um, you know, maybe like I, I'm going to have to work this weekend. Maybe we should save it. And like over Thanksgiving, we'll watch it. I was like, no, no, oh, no, 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 that won't be happening. <laughs> that won't do. I'll be leaving you behind. For <laughs> yeah. this. And I did. And I basically spent the weekend anyway, before I could get at it, I did jump in and watch some season one, Will and Grace's Ooh. in preparation for the return of the show. Which it returns, week. does it return this week? Yes. Oh my God. By the time th- when this airs, it will have returned last night. Oh my God. Are you happy about that? I think, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah, I trust them. Yeah. I think it'll be funny. I hear it's I funny, too. but it's just, you know, I, there, there is now that there are 20 billion places to put TV shows, yeah. uh, instead of buying new things, people are kind of rebooting old things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it is best to leave endings and for sure. So I guess we're just pretending the, the, the finale of Will and Grace never happened. Correct. Okay. And I'm fine with that. Yeah, it was. That's a memory I'd like to erase. Yeah, you know? it wasn't great. But uh, anyways, so that was really fun. But then finally, Amazon got got access again, you guys. Uh, yeah. So don't worry. Phew. And uh, spent the weekend binging ferociously on the new season of Transparent. It is uh, some of the most beautiful scenes I've ever seen anywhere in anything. Oh, wow. Uh, sobbed all weekend, essentially. Uh-huh. Last night. Michael had a friend over, dear friend from out of town, uh, old friend of his from college came over and I was like, you guys, I'm sorry, I have to excuse myself. And I was, I was like, I'm not, I'm no longer going to be participating in this hangout because I'm going to go in the den and watch the (laughs) finale of Transparent. And I did. And I just, yeah, you you can't feel bad about that. No, I needed it. Did you watch Breaking Bad? Never. Okay. Okay. And I want, I want, I'm like a little too proud of never having seen it. It's really good. It's really good. Here's my thing about that. I feel like I've seen a couple episodes and the thing that jumps out at me the most is it's Brian Cranston. He's sitting on a toilet. His uh-huh. dirty, whitey, tidy whiteys are around his ankles and he's taking a shit and his, and his face is all craggy and, uh-huh. and I'm like, this is what, this is the show. I don't even remember it's that. Just, it's so hard to look at. I There's, mean, the character so must ugly. have done number twos 
over the course of the show, but I don't remember any specifically. The, that's the image that jumps out to huh. me the most. You might have just show. invented that. That might be completely in your imagination. <laughs> anyway. Now, the other guy does. Oh, okay. Uh, Dean Norris. Great. Well, has a very for, famous for several seasons. I imagine there were a lot. There were a lot of number twos, but they don't show all of them. <laughs> um, the thing there, it builds to a moment in uh-huh. in the first half of the second episode or the 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 final season, where um, where you know it's the pieces are all coming together. It's yeah. like there's a there's a face off that is seasons in the making, and we're just waiting for for uh, I think Dean Norris is his name. I don't remember the character's name to, f- to figure out what's going on, like mm-hmm. who who. Brian Cranston really is. And uh, and so he does. And then it's like the two of them meet for the first time since then. And it's just like, it is the tensest moment of any television show I've ever. And, and it's, and it's like five and a half years in the making. And we were, we were binging it, Ben and I, yeah. so that we could watch the finale with everyone else. Cause we were behind. So it, it comes to a moment where like they kind, they're about to have this showdown. And yeah. it's like the, it is, and each one kind of knows what the other one is thinking. Yeah. And so one of them like hits that they're in a garage, hits the, the like garage door to go down. Uh-huh. Cause you can tell like this thing, this uh-huh. moment is about to happen at that moment. I was expecting John Butler from Ireland and his friend, Peter uh-huh. McDonald. Uh-huh. They arrived literally off an 11 hour flight customs, uh, a cab to my house. They rang the doorbell at that exact moment. And I was like, all right. Oh, and fuck. I went to the door and I was like, you guys, welcome to our country. Yep. I need you to go to my kitchen. I need you to be quiet. <laughs> yeah. Just like <laughs> stand there. Camp out for the next 20 minutes. There's cheese in the fridge. Something Do more not important make a sound for the yeah. next 20 minutes. I've never felt worse in my life. Wow. Um, I was going you're to. You're a terrible friend. I'm a really <laughs> shitty friend, but it's a really good show. Yeah. <laughs> but you're a loyal fan. Did you watch the Gaga documentary on Netflix? Not yet. Did you? Um, yes, I did. I can't wait. Yes, I did. It is, uh, she is a real theater gal. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. She's, she's real on. She's all the one time. of the, we, we haven't really just gone through some of some big pop stars and just covered where we're at with them. Yeah. Cause are you in general pro Gaga? I like her. Yeah. I, I do. Yeah. I like I her. I think, yeah, I think it's, it's great. And like, and you know, go being, having my boyfriend be like a composer and music yeah. engineer and, and whatever, like he will point out specifically things that she's doing that I would never get. Yeah. And that I, he appreciates that he appreciates. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like the production is always outstanding and, and she's great and she's got a terrific voice and everything. I feel like when you try to create a, an anthem for people that aren't you, mm-hmm. it always comes off a little clunky. So born this yeah. way has always like hit me a little strange. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, an art pop was super weird and I liked, uh, Joanne, but now we're in this moment where like you get an album and you like it and you listen to it five times and then it's like, well, here come five more albums yeah. and then you just forget about yeah, it. Yeah. 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 So this is very much about that. Mark Ronson gets a lot of screen time. He is so handsome and stylish. I can't stand oh, it, yeah. but he's got a, a crazy, crazy little mouse voice. <laughs> um, but it's, it's very, it's very, it's a, it's an interesting documentary. You should really, you should get well, into it. That's a must watch for sure. But I heard that you were here to talk about something that is neither a movie nor a TV show. Here's the thing. What if we had Homophilia Book Club? <gasps> I mean, it's worth a try. And right? do you have a book in mind? I do have a book in mind. Let me guess. It's Party of One by Dave Holmes. <laughs> it, it is. It is. I'm no. finished with it. Well, every, if you're listening, but, you have surely read it by now. You know, I, well, maybe. Maybe it's available on podswag.com. But that's neither <laughs> here nor there. The book is called The Line of Beauty. And it came out in, I think, 2003 or four. Uh-huh. Alan Hollinghurst is the guy who uh, who wrote it. And, uh, and it was recommended to me. And I... Uh, was trying to have a mellow weekend, and so I went right to the library and I got a copy. Yeah, and and I just and I started reading it, and it's I got sucked in, and now I just I want to do like a Bugs Bunny, like climb a super high ladder and do a high dive like with the book at the bottom, yeah, so that yeah, I just yeah. go into it. Yeah. Like I just want to live in it. What is it? It's um it's about 
uh, a gay man in 1983, mm. and he's sort of he's he has kind of a wealthy friend with a fancy family, and they have a big mansion in uh, in London, and he's mm-hmm. kind of their house guest for a while, and it's about like him and sort of like he's gay and he's out, but he hasn't been rom- he hasn't been romantically involved with anyone. You know what? I'm going to read a passage because there was a passage that was so beautiful that I took a picture of it. Oh, my God. So it's in my phone. But it's like there's great wisdom about the – about like the time around coming out and like mm-hmm. the first few times that you like kiss somebody or whatever. OK. So Toby is our is our hero's like friend whose family he's staying with and, mm-hmm. and he's beautiful and straight and like the, you know, the, the hero has kind of a crush sure. on him and whatever. Um His heart was given to Toby, with whom flirting would have been inappropriate, almost sacrilegious. He wasn't quite ready to accept the fact that if he was going to have a lover, it wouldn't be Toby or any other drunk straight boy hopping the fence. It would be a gay lover, that compromised thing that he himself would then become. Whoa. I mean, do you remember having that feeling of just like, you're kind of like you are in love with men, but you're not one of those people who's in love with men. And And then once you actually do it, once you turn the corner, then you're kind of, yep. then you're part of it and you yep. can't turn around. Anyway, it's, it's, it's about that emotion and I'm a hundred pages into it. And I never obsessed thought we'd be discussing literature. Well, we kind of are. We kind wow. of are. So let's see if it works. Let's see if homophilia book club works. See, we don't have any like on. Amazon deals or code words or anything like that, but I'm sure you can Yet. get it or you can go to your local library as I have done. I can, They'll be I, happy I to see you. genuinely going to pick it up. Good. You should. And we'll discuss. Um, we'll discuss. We have a, a guest here who I'm so fucking excited to talk me to too. And about and with. We're going to talk and about over, probably. music and movies and more. All of it. Uh, Rory O'Malley is here when we get back. Oh, baby. Well, Matt, it's boot season. Oh, when isn't it boot season? I mean, it's always boot season, but there's something, something about autumn that just lends itself to a boot. It's so bootsy. It's super bootsy. I love a, I love a, a wingtip boot. I know you do. In a chocolate brown. Yes. Oh boy. I love a suede boot. I love the those those ones that kind of look like Timberlands that have oh. kind of the white sole, but they're like more um, like suede looking on top. Mm-hmm. Well, you know where you can get all these boots? Where? Thursdayboots.com. Oh, my God. It's on the internet. Uh, they leverage the power of the entire World Wide Web, which is a powerful thing, as you're sure, aware. Sure, sure. They sell directly to the consumer. That is you and me. Mm-hmm. Thursday boots are made in the same North American manufacturing facilities as those brands that your father and your grandfather wore that sold for like two, three times the price. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh boy, they use better materials. Chrome XL leather from the Horween Tannery oh, in Chicago. Say that again. I'm going to say it. Chrome XL leather. <laughs> you said it better the first time. I did say it better I the first time. I wish you hadn't. Times. I wish you hadn't made me do it a second time because the first one felt so much better. Oh, they've been featured in Esquire and Men's Journal and GQ, all kinds of publications. Yes, uh, they're and- made. They're made with the versatility of a Thursday, which, of course, is a day that's both meant for hard work and the unofficial start of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're perfect for any occasion. You're just going to love them. Thursday Boots, we love you. Guess yes. what? Thursday Boots, we love you. Your prices start at 149 bucks plus free shipping and returns if you want to return them, which you won't. God, no. So just hop online. Head over to ThursdayBoots.com. Use the code FREESHIPTODAY. That's the number two, FREESHIPTODAY. And you'll have a pair on your doorstep by this Thursday. Oh, ThursdayBoots.com. Offer code FREESHIPTODAY. Ship 
Uh, folks, we are back. Our guest this week is a get. He's a and a half fucking Tony nominee. Yes, star of stage and screen. It's Rory O'Malley. Rory O'Malley, Hi guys, how are you? I'm. Fantastic. I'm so happy to be here. I'm a huge fan of this podcast. I've oh. been listening to every single episode. It means the world. It's so good. Thank you. Ah, welcome you back. You were on our to... short list when it started, by yes. the way. Yes. Yes. That's true. The, the frantic emails that went around subject yeah. Rory O'Malley. Yes. He's yeah. in town. We're going to get him. He's yeah. <laughs> You're here. I mean, you you live in Los Angeles, you were telling us. Yeah, yeah. My husband and I moved out here two years ago, and then I got Hamilton and went to New York, Mm -hmm. left him, abandoned him here in the (laughs) city. Uh, And he has a great job here. He's a normal person, not in the business. God bless you. Yeah, right? It's fantastic. So he has a great job. I was like, I'll go do Hamilton. I'll be right back. Stay right there. And found out that the tour was going to go to San Francisco for five months and then Los Angeles for five months. So it just made so much sense for us to do that. But it meant a little more time away, which Mm -hmm. was actually really hard to – decide to do but yeah we we uh live on the west side of los angeles he's doing really well he's kind of the the good part about that is that he's gotten to discover los angeles by himself Mm -hmm. and the way that he likes it that's important yeah like i was showing him around and now he's showing me around and he you know his la is a lot cooler than mine that's great (laughs) Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's exactly the way you should do it. Yeah. Okay, so you're in Culver City. You have to get the, the Pantages for an 8 o'clock show every yeah. night? Oh, God. I How? Know. Like, yeah, this so is such what? an L.A. conversation. I know. I was like, well, what does that mean? Um, so I usually leave a little bit early, uh-huh. uh, as in hours, yeah. and just decide to like hang out in Hollywood, which is so nice here. Like mm-hmm. Hollywood, I lived in L.A. for a few years out of college and did a show at the Hudson Theater. And, you know, Hollywood was not a place I wanted to, like, hang out in. You, like, saw the Walk of Fame and then got out because yeah, yeah. there wasn't much to do. Yeah. It's so there amazing. There are pockets. There are good pockets now. Well, around the Pantages, it's a good pocket. It is yeah. a real good pocket. I'm, we're in a good pocket mm-hmm, right there. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a Shake Shack. It's like, yeah. I guess that's really impressive to me. So it I is. don't really need much more than that. <laughs> it is. What's your order at a Shake Shack? Um, I get a double sure. and then cheese fries. And oh, then God, yeah, I try a different shake every time I'm there. Interesting. Wow. Usually like the shake of the week or whatever it is, okay. shake of the day. Okay. Yeah. I'll do whatever Ooh. they tell me. Yeah. <laughs> whatever they come up with, I'll, smart. I'll eat it. That's smart. God, it's good. Wow. Well, you be, we lived on 44th Street Where? in Manhattan. Okay. 44th and 9th. Okay. Out right by Westway Diner. Uh-huh. So, well, that was dangerous because you just, like, hit a button, seamless, anything mm. from Westway comes. Mm-hmm. But what was really dangerous is on the other side of the block is Shake Shack. Oh, yeah. So the only thing that kept me from gaining hundreds of pounds is that the line goes out the door in yeah. New York every day. So I – would literally have bought other um, something else for dinner, walking home, and I would see Shake Shack would have no line, and oh, I'd be like, "Forget it, yeah, got to Shake Shack." Shit yeah, garbage. I mean, like, I'll put this crap yeah, in the freezer. Yeah, or there's a homeless person on the way home. Yeah, for sure, yeah, sure. Get him, uh, give him a full meal. I'm sure I didn't eat two dinners. <laughs> um, but no, I would always have to go in there whenever the line wasn't long, which oh, was God, very yeah. rare. Yeah, the place where I stay. Okay, so I have some friends out here who uh, are like old timey actors, right? <laughs> yeah, and uh, and they were like, uh, uh, one was the I forget. Uh, I don't know chorus line very well, but she was the understudy for one of the original oh, wow. cast of, of yeah. uh, a chorus line, and then stepped into that role. And I don't remember the name of the role. Uh-huh. Um, and then the husband was in uh, was in Wicked was in the show. Uh, it's a living. 
Oh God! See, yes, I got some years yes, on you guys, yes. so you won't remember that. Uh, Angelian, they were cocktail oh, waitresses. Oh, at a, no, right, rotating yeah, yeah, yeah. restaurant. Okay. Sure, it's sure, like sure. the best um, uh, opening credits. Of, yes, ever. yeah, yes. So okay. he was the guy at the keyboards, uh-huh. like he was like whatever. So they, you know, they're actors and they live in Sherman Oaks, but they have a place at Forty Fifth and Eighth, and you can't just keep a place at Forty Fifth and Eighth anymore. Uh-huh. And they don't want to Airbnb it, so it's like friends and friends of friends get to stay there. So when I go to town for work, typically I stay there. So and it's and there's like great black and white photos of like, uh, you know, 70s people in leotards, you know oh what I mean? Just God. like from rehearsal footage yes. of like, yeah. you know, and just like ballet slippers on the floor, you know oh. what I mean? <laughs> and uh, just like a total actor's apartment, but right. it's a corner and it overlooks Shake Shack. Uh, so I can, so I can sit at that corner and park myself and monitor that line. And I, I eat there. Uh, into each other. I know it's weird. It's really weird. Well, and when that's too long, five napkin. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. even know what you're talking. about. Sorry, sorry. We're going deep. <laughs> we're going deep coastal right now. Yeah. Uh, so what are you? What are you watching? What are you? What are you? Yeah. What are you going to the movie theaters to see? What are you? What are oh, you reading? I was so. What are you glad. binging? Well, well, I, I I watch Insecure right now. I was I was loving the Game of Thrones Insecure back to back because it was real, so different, and yeah. they were both so brilliant mm-hmm. for different reasons, obviously. Uh-huh. And then, of course, Broad City is back oh, yes. with Abby and Alana, who mm-hmm. are. Genius, and it's better than ever. Like the first two episodes are yeah. just fantastic. And I'm then so South Park excited. is after that, and I'm a huge South Park fan. Obviously, uh-huh. doing Book of Mormon with those guys. Sure. Um, and then I also saw your favorite movie, Mother. <gasps> did you know? I did. When did you? When in the, in its run did you see it? Well, I probably saw it. No, no, I saw it on date night, so it was a week ago. People were oh, we very upset, by the way, about Dave's spoiler. I, they movie. really were. Oh, they were. I, I was like, why are you? Oh, I know which one you're talking we're gonna, about. I'm going to say yeah. spoiler alert again in case you didn't hear it. But yeah. Dave if mentioned you, casually that a baby gets eaten. Yeah. I haven't yeah. seen the movie. I was glad to get that information in advance. Yes. And yeah. I was I was confused. I was like, so you wanted to preserve that experience of seeing <laughs> yeah. that. They you really wanted to pure, see yeah, it you wanna, fresh in eyes. a visceral way. Yeah. yeah. So what did you know about the movie going in? Nothing. Uh-huh. No, I knew nothing, but I knew what that. What was your experience? Okay, so I loved it. Really? Oh. I loved it. Huh. And I hope that doesn't come between us. No, I don't think it will. I don't think it will. <laughs> you don't think. It's, you're, I mean, you're not sure. Yeah. <laughs> you is out. Okay. We'll see how the rest right, of this we'll conversation goes. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Well, this is why. Not because I think that it was the greatest movie I've ever seen, mm-hmm. but because I'm still talking about it with there you. you. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. talking about it with people at work, mm-hmm. and I'm still thinking about it, and there's parts of it that I'm putting together. And I, I, my husband and I saw it together on our Monday night date night, because that's oh. my night off, and- we were like, oh, my God. People said they didn't know what this is about. It's clearly about this, this, and this, and this, and this. And we, yeah. were, we totally agreed. Yeah. And then we're reading all this stuff, and it's not at all what we thought it was. What did you think it was? We thought— We're just going to barrel ahead and yeah. <laughs> assume that everyone who wants to see Mother has seen Mother. You've had well, your well, time. I, can, I think if I you can say what I minutes. think it was about without, like, really talking— Because it's you what can. it's about and what happens in it are kind of two different things, mm-hmm. right? So I thought that it was about celebrity— about, yeah. you know, at least one part of it. And it kind of was, you know, yeah. apparently it's more about God and Mother Nature and, and uh-huh. religion. Uh, climate change. And climate change. And, right? Yeah. It, it is, it's really about the danger of stuffing a movie with too many metaphors. Because <laughs> it truly, is. like, everything is like three different things. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. But for me, it was, you know, there was this point where uh, Javier Bordem is is – 
when they're about to have the baby, he's like, I can't tell those people to go away. Yeah. She's like, tell them to leave. Just get rid of them. And he's like, no, I can't do it. Like, I can't let go of that. And I think it's kind of telling that myself and my husband, we saw in that like an actor oh, <laughs> or yeah, somebody I did like trying I did to be like, I can't like – I have to have this adulation and I have to have the, right. the fans. So was your husband like, I'm Jennifer Lawrence, you're Javier, we, all those fuckers are the people standing outside the Hamilton stage. Oh my God, we were fighting us- over who was Jennifer Lawrence so much. <laughs> well, I mean, which, I think that role comes and goes, right? Yeah. Like it's, you know, yeah. it passes back marriage. and forth between them. I might be the performer, but my husband is, is absolutely more funny and everyone loves him way more. So <laughs> right. I, I'm like, I maybe I get paid for a living for doing this, but you're the actor in the family. Right. Oh, wow. yeah. I found, yeah, to, like to that, end, I also thought it was like, uh, like the, the inherent sort of emotional violence of creativity. Cause like uh-huh. you take something that is yes. intimate between you and another person and then you turn it into something and you give it to strangers. Yes. Yeah. I'm nodding was, and like yeah. agreeing as if I, I haven't seen the movie. But okay. I clarify, but I mean, but, it, but, but you, like, yeah, you've seen it. the movie. Seen also enough. every gay needs to go see this movie because of Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Michelle yes. Pfeiffer. Like you, you have to see her performance in it because yeah. she she's pretty is, great. she's pretty good. She's great. Yeah. yeah. She's I, so good in it. I, I will agree. I am still thinking and talking about it. Yeah. Weeks later, which is not true for many movies. No, you know? no. And so I just, I just thought it was so like, so over the top. Yeah. Violent. In yeah. that last it, half it hour. Definitely. And it was. just like, it was, it was like, come, come on. Yeah. Like, I just yeah. couldn't. Yeah. And I truly, for a moment, was just like, this. I am in hell. Like, yeah. I truly, mm-hmm. I am in hell. Yeah. I died in this as yeah. hell. <laughs> I mean, it's just because we're talking about it doesn't mean that it was good because you would talk about a traumatic event in your life. Sure. It doesn't that's, mean it was sounds good. Sounds like True. that's what it was. And it, it, it was. was I mean, I think that that was kind of what they were going for is to and, traumatize yeah. the audience a little yeah. bit and shake things up. Um, right. But, but yeah. So, well, oh, great. <laughs> Anything yeah. else on your pop culture radar at the moment? Or. Um, you know, I, I've listened to a lot of podcasts, and I've—I'm very serious. I've been listening to what you guys are doing here, and I, I think it's that. really unique. It's really that. important. I love nice. that you're bringing together pop culture and people's stories. And it was weird because I think being gay is such a part of culture now mm-hmm. that when you've been asking people to tell their coming out stories, I was like, oh yeah, coming out stories. <laughs> yeah. I forgot that those oh, were yeah, a thing. That, yeah. You know, like, or just the the fact that we've come so far so that it's kind of an afterthought yeah. of, of something. It's nice to have a place where I'm really hearing from people specifically about being gay and their experience in, right. in the business I'd and I'd like culture. to hear specifically about yours. Yeah. Let's, can uh, we, can let's we, dive uh, into it. Get into your coming out story? Yeah. yeah. Columbus, Ohio? Cleveland, Cleveland. Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, yeah. Okay. Um, right on Lake Erie there. Did you go to St. Ignatius? I sure did. Did you really? Yes, I did. One of my dearest friends okay, from so college went there. Really? Yep. Yeah, I, well, everyone I went, went to, to BC. Say what? You went to BC, right? I went to Holy Cross. Oh, Holy Cross. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Oof. So sorry. It's okay. I, I visited him after freshman year. We went to Riverfest. Oh, yeah. Or something yeah, down yeah, on the yeah. flats. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Big music scene. Big music scene. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Nine Inch Nails was just starting up. Mm. Right. And I think Trenton Reznor is from Cleveland. I think he is, yeah. It, it was always like one of those things where you hear it and you're like, that has to be fake. No one as cool as Trent Reznor could be from where yeah. we are. Yeah. Cool um, people come from everywhere. Right? Yeah, that's true. I'm not one of them, but you know. That's come on. Um, Cleveland could oh, not no, no, be prouder. I'm as, as nerdy as they come. Um, but yeah, no, I grew up in Cleveland in an Irish Catholic family. Okay. And one of the reasons I love your book so much, and I 
contacted you after I read it. I read it during our tech week in San Francisco, Party yeah. of One. And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God, you literally had the exact same experience as I did. Uh, you were I, in St. Louis. I was in St. Louis, and I don't know whether to say good yeah. or not. <laughs> well, I mean, it's in between. Well, it's it's because I didn't have a lot of access to to gay people, and that, you know, MTV was that for so many of people, uh, so many people in the Midwest who were. Growing up gay, right? It was real world. It was yeah. you know Danny on New New Orleans. I remember oh, when he dreamy. said so that dreamy. he was gay. I I think I almost cried. Yeah, you know because I was so attracted to him. Yeah, not just how he looked, but I mean that yeah, was gorgeous. enough. Yeah. But who he was and the kind yeah. of like the way that he was on that show and yeah. his demeanor. Yeah, and when he came out like in the first or second episode, I was just absolutely moved to tears. Yeah. The thing I remember about him the most is he, that he had a, a boyfriend who was in the military right. whose face was always blurred yeah. when he appeared on screen, but uh-huh. that he talked uh, in one of his like talking head interviews about um, the, how you, when you, you, you sort of land a boyfriend who is, who feels like so high caliber and that makes you wonder then, Oh, well, if I could get him, why couldn't I get someone else? And that he was, that he, that he had the, the, the self-awareness yeah. of mm-hmm. that and that he, was that like, you know, th- that his boyfriend was on that much of a pedestal for him uh-huh. just really struck me. And I've thought about that so many times over the years when I've thought like, could I upgrade? Not in, in my relationship now, but yeah. in previous years, you could be like, remember what Danny said. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know what he actually says in the first episode? Cause I've just, I've been rewatching these. Uh, when he, oh, me- I, I think he, me- he either meets Kelly or, uh, or Melissa. Uh-huh. Cause this was when they would like, you know, these two meet and they take a streetcar yeah. down to the house yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Like they were putting it. T- I, I have no idea how they're doing it now. But he, uh, he was like, I'm Danny. I got a secret. <laughs> That's what he says. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, you know that he thought his yeah. character through and, it, yeah. like, when he was going to say it and right. whatever. But until right. then, right. I've got a secret. Oh, wow. God That's bless right. you, Danny. Yeah, I remember it was like they made you wait for it. It wasn't like sure. they did in the introduction when they would, like, introduce you to the cast before it premiered. Uh-huh. They didn't say it. Uh-huh. So it was I also I also just saw, because, um, God, this guy just died. One of the uh, Road Rules guys. Oh, right? yeah. Uh, I forget. Oh, God. What was his name? Um, but he uh, – so I just was like, I wonder like if yeah. like these episodes or whatever are, are – I, I, I waste a lot of time when yeah. I'm trying to get things written. Uh, and there were – so, okay, the, the first episode of this guy's season of Road Rules, he uh, he shows up and he like doesn't quite come out to anybody. But he like, you know, in his little confessional interview comes mm-hmm. out to like the viewer but not to the, the cast yet. And then they get on the RV and they go on the first of their challenges or whatever. Yeah. And uh, – and, like, it comes out that he's gay. And, like, all of the women, like, the guys don't address it at all. But all of the women in the, in the RV are like, all right, girl. Like, <laughs> I love to have, a, you know, a guy with a, you know, that I can tell my sexy secrets to yeah, and go yeah, shopping. Yeah. And that was, like, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, wow. something like that. Like, I mean, everyone was tolerant, but it was like, but it was oh, like, you're oh, gay. You're I know exactly who you person. are in my life right now yeah. and what role you're going to fill. And you have no choice in it. Yeah. Because yeah. they had I mean? just seen season one, Will and Grace. Yes. And yeah. Now they knew what that thing was. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We've, we've come a long way. <sighs> yes, we have. And, in you know, but for me in Cleveland and not having anyone to really talk to, MTV and you, when you came out. Um, in a magazine, which you wrote, you wrote about in your book as uh-huh. well. I remember reading that. Oh, I yeah? rem- absolutely. I 
fully remember reading. I remember voting for you. Oh when my you god! Were, uh, no, oh. I remember. Oh jeez, Rory. I'm sorry, but I completely remember that. I was so pissed. Well, it all went down. But it sure did. And I told <laughs> her, I was like, "Now he was the one who should have won." The MTV knew. Yeah. And that's oh, why Rory. they made it happen for him. And no, no, I. But, but <laughs> thank you very much. But see, even then, nice. like even without knowing that part of who you were, uh-huh. I was like, "This guy. Yeah. This yeah. guy is me." Like yeah. I see, I saw so much, and and I felt like you were a trailblazer. Not Thanks. too, you're not much older than me, but like that much of a difference. Oh, I'm in older. You're than not. You. You're not. Really you're not. Really? You're not. Okay. But um, uh, yeah. So I, I grew up surrounded in Irish Catholic Catholicism. Oh, what's your family look like? Uh, it's a single mom. Uh-huh. She's one of seven, though. So I have uh, like fifty cousins. Wow. Do you have siblings? No, uh-huh. only child. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was just it was just me, uh-huh. just me and my mom. Yeah, um, but our our extended family is very very close. My cousin Katie uh, is like my sister, and if it's um, Katie O'Malley. I'm gonna. It's die. Katie Kurtz. It's Katie not Kurtz. Okay, yeah. that's, that'll do. Good. Now we have we have like Liam's. Uh, you know, sure. the O'Malleys. We've we've got. But there's um, Megan's galore. I would oh yeah, mm-hmm. Megan's, Molly's, Bridget. Yeah, uh-huh. Tons. Love it. Oh yeah. Oh, Were yeah. you always a theater? Type of kid? I was. I was cast uh, when I was eight years old at Our Lady of Angels production of the Christmas Pageant oh, as yeah, the lead Saint Joseph. Oh, and right. the director was my aunt Peggy Ann. Uh huh. <laughs> so it's always who you know in this business. Yeah, wow. no, I think that's absolutely so, you know, that right. was my first lesson. You got to take advantage <laughs> of those. Got to. Those and unfortunately, that is far as my family went up uh, in the hierarchy of the that's entertainment but world. I'm pretty sure she's still telling everybody, just so you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. got yeah. his yeah. start. Oh, no, his no, first that, director. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. No, so I was I was Saint Joseph, and they didn't give the kids who were acting on stage lines. They had more kids reading. The, the lines off stage and uh-huh. I was like that's bullshit yeah. this is my part no one else is reading my lines they're giving Gary Bostwick my my lines <laughs> not Gary but it, they I was like so pissed that they were having somebody reading it off stage yeah. so I memorized all my lines and I mouthed them while this kid was saying them into a microphone wow. and that's when my mom was like oh no yeah. <laughs> something's yeah. happening this is like very serious and I sat her down at our dinner table after the show and I said, Mom, I was eight. I was like, I know what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to be an actor. And she is an accountant and was at the same accounting firm for 41 years. She was uh-huh. like, oh, dear God, uh-huh. this is my nightmare coming true. But she was very supportive. She put me in a children's theater right away, Beck Center for the Arts in Lakewood, Ohio. Uh-huh. And I was there for 10 years just doing plays. And I did every single community theater, children's theater production that would let me be in it sometimes I'm in like three shows at once yeah and Cleveland has a really great theater scene so uh you know I I did as much as I could then I went to Carnegie Mellon and and studied drama there um got I went it was basically I came out when I got to Carnegie Mellon because I was in you know an all-boys Catholic school St. Ignatius Uh loved it there I loved being I loved going to mass I loved singing at mass you know I kind of just put sexuality off to the side and kept myself so so busy so you were not having any low low key romances on the side with not with anyone no Okay. No, there were just, crushes, though. Oh, yes. Yeah. Tell me of about course. Um We don't have to name names. No, 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 no. We can use pseudonyms. We, yeah, no, I, I definitely had – I had girlfriends, too. You know, I had the, the sweetest, most lovely young women who were so supportive of my musical theater oh, budging career. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, – I I had girlfriends, but of course, like there were, I had a lot of guy friends and it was nothing like that. Like they were just my nerdy theater friends who always had my back and it was, and they're, none of them are, are, 
are gay. Yeah. But of course there were some some people in the all boys Catholic high school who yeah. were like these gorgeous, you know, jocks who were absolutely going on to like huge football careers and sure. everything. And they would be like, dude, I can't believe you get to be in plays with all these chicks. Yeah. yeah. Like you get to kiss them. Yeah. Man, I should be in a play. I'd be like, yes, yes you, you should. should. <laughs> I will help you be in the play. Yes, you should. Um, oh. Yeah. But honestly, like I, I'm really good at denial. And like clearly that was the training ground for denial. When I was not ready to deal with my sexuality, I just put it off to the side. Mm-hmm. And those crushes never really seemed like more than just that. Like a crush that I could have on a girl now. Yeah. You know, it, I was like, um, I'm just not going to address any of this yeah. and totally suppress it. Then I get to Carnegie Mellon Drama School. And I walked into my first day. I was a freshman, and the senior class was Matt Bomer. Oh, oh my God. Lord have mercy. Joe Maganello. What? Uh-huh. And like the most gorgeous people I've ever seen in my life. And there were so many people who were out and gay, and they weren't burning in hell. You know, mm-hmm. they were like happy individuals. And by the end of that first year, I was like, I can't deny this anymore. I was like, <laughs> I've seen Matt Bomer now. Like I know, yeah. like this is this is what I want in my yeah. life. Your Matt sexual Bomer. self, yeah. Leapt I was, out of yeah, you. and I've told him this before. You know, like because he's the the whole community there, especially like the gay community. I was so lucky that there were so many young people who were like, "It's okay." You know, yeah. like huh? the biggest joke in Carnegie Mellon is that every spring you have to be careful because closet doors are swinging open when you walk down the hall. <laughs> yeah, and that's true. You know, it's it's just kind of like half of your class is gonna yeah. come out of the closet. It because that's what it is. It's God, how drum. exciting! It, it was exciting. It was. However, coming from Catholicism, it was also anxiety-ridden. And my dream of having a big Irish Catholic family, I felt I was giving it up. Mm-hmm. And, and how Catholic so were you? I went. Time? Oh yeah, I was very Catholic. I mean, yeah. just culturally, or were these also like true, you know, religious convictions? Well. I I went to mass every week. Mm-hmm. I um I would say I had a pretty deep faith. Um I never thought that being gay was wrong. Yeah. My mom raised me to be like if you if you are gay, you are God made you that way. And so I don't I know that's kind of hard to to square, like, how could I have both of those things? But like, I listened to my mom probably more than a priest, you know, or whatever. Like she was kind of what Catholicism was to me. And to me, like going to St. Ignatius and having a, like, it's a Jesuit school. Mm -hmm. So our Pope now is a Jesuit. He's the first Jesuit Pope. He comes from an order that's about education and service. And to me, our motto is men for others. Mm -hmm, Right. right. And that meant so much to me because we did sophomore service where you go to a homeless shelter and literally a class is just serving homeless people. Mm -hmm. To me, that's what I took from Catholicism is being a man for others. And so when I got to Carnegie Mellon though, and knew what the, the Bible quote unquote was saying, or like what the catechism was, I was like, I'm going to go crazy. I'm either gay because God made me or I'm mentally ill, but either way I'm gay. Yeah. Like this is, I can't sleep at night. I can't do this to myself anymore. So I kissed a boy at the end of 
my freshman year of college. Who was the boy? What was the story? His name's Danny, and he's mm-hmm. still a good friend of mine. And he the story is- He was on the real is, world. <laughs> he was on the real world. Oh my God, Your baby. face at the time was blurred <laughs> out. <laughs> I was in the military. Um, no, no, he's, he's a very, very good friend of mine still. And he's the one who said, like a week before, are you gay? And I was like, no. Was he out no. at the time? You said it just. Oh like yes, that. yes. Yeah. He was out when you know he when we we got to school, mm-hmm. and I a week later we were at a party, which was actually at where like Matt Bomer and Joe Maganello lived in this this house that we eventually took over because I was um, I went to college with Josh Gad and he was my roommate. And we all mm-hmm. moved into this house, the Negley house. And I remember I was at that party and I went up to him and I said, "Remember when you asked me that question a <laughs> week ago?" I actually don't know the answer. And he was like, okay. You know? uh-huh. What then, song was playing at the time? Oh, God. Some in sync, I'm sure, because that's Great. exactly what happened. As mm-hmm. soon as the, that I came out, I immediately bought every in sync album I could well, I mean, because I was like, I'm thrill. free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can do whatever I want now. Yeah, the rules, are, the rules don't apply to you anymore. Yeah, I didn't have to hold back. Yeah. Um, it was, it was uh, 2000. So, uh huh. So, yeah. So, singing Turn It Off must have been like cathartic for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Night after. Yeah, night. yeah. You're familiar with the song, right? Of course. Yeah. yeah. We should say that, that uh, Rory uh, originated the role of Elder McKinley in yes. the Book of Mormon. Yeah. Uh, and and, and that, that song encapsulates what it is to be yes. Catholic so beautifully. Right. You must have over and over again while working on the show been like the, the ironies here, the, like the layers at which it's, it's personal to you yeah. were crazy. Well, I mean, I worked on it for three years with Matt Trey and Bobby Lopez in readings and workshops. And that part was created over those three years. At first wow. I just had like one line and then they were like, Oh, okay. You be the head of the mission when they get to Uganda. And then, okay, you show them around. And then they were like, we're going to write the song called turn it off. You're going to start it off. And then they wrote a verse about me being in the closet and, and, and all of a sudden turn it off was this like, if you think you're gay, don't worry about it. Just turn it off yep. and you're yeah. fine. And, I, and it's funny because it it's exactly what the church tells you to yeah. do. Like it's yes. not. There's not like, like that's that's the advice. Yeah. You do, yeah. You shoot. You don't have to worry about um, being gay. That's okay. Just never act on it or right. think about it. And yeah. that's our compromise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. If, if for you to continue hanging out with us, yeah. we'll stay exactly the same. Right. You take everything that makes you you. Right. And. Don't do any of it. Right. Yeah. And then right. we'll, everything will be easy. Yeah. What's yeah. so hard about it's that? It's the right. equivalent of like being really hungry and just pretending and just deciding to never eat food. Right. Like only in this case, the food is dick. Right. <laughs> I'm just it's, not, it's not like that at all. <laughs> it's not like but that it's at so, all. But I mean, it is for, for Catholic people of a certain age, yeah. it really is that easy. And that's yes. why, I mean, I think that's what kept so many people in the closet is like yeah. it's self-indulgent in some way to live your life that way. So just mm-hmm. don't. Yeah. Just don't. Yeah. Yeah. Just be right. And just if be other nothing. people are doing that, then you feel like, well, I guess that's what I have to do. And there's this period of time through through the 70s, 80s, and 90s where it was like that's no longer acceptable. And you start mm-hmm. seeing people live good lives mm-hmm. and it, slowly people are coming out. I was not ready in high school to do that. There was a young man when I was a sophomore and uh, he was a freshman. I did not know him. He was in my sco- at my school and he took his life. Yeah. And he was gay and it was such a big deal at our school because so many people from the gay community wanted to come in and talk to us. Uh-huh. And I remember being in a show and one of the actors, an adult in a community theater show said, I could 
come in and we could get somebody from an organization to come and talk to the boys about it. And, you know, if, if you guys, if there's anybody who's gay or struggling, they can come and talk to, to us. And I remember specifically saying to this very nice man that will never, ever happen in my school Mm -hmm. ever. We will never have a gay person or anyone who says that being gay is okay, stand before our student body and speak. Yeah. Right. Say anything. Wow. Yeah. So it's automatically suspect. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which is. But I have stuff. to say, things have changed because I've gone back mm-hmm. and I don't want to get into the specifics because there's a lot of stuff like under the radar, mm-hmm. but there is very close to what you would consider a straight gay alliance. Yeah. Wow. And um, I've gotten to go back. So, so that you've been thing, that person that you said would yes, never, would never yeah. happen. I've gotten wow. to go back a couple of times. That's awesome. And, you know, this isn't like you can – people can get an uproar about like Catholicism or beliefs like, yes, mm-hmm. you know, I'm all like – if you want to believe something, go believe it. But these are also like kids' lives. Right. Lives. Right. I mean, we have literally witnessed it in high school. Um, somebody, it was, I, I know his name. I think about him very often, mm-hmm. this kid. And uh, it was a tragedy. And I think it informed my coming out and, and my staying in the closet for those years. So once I got to Carnegie Mellon, I kissed Danny. I was like so excited. It was like liberating, mm-hmm. free. And within two days, I got Bell's palsy. What? what? Two days, 48 hours later, half of my face freezes. And I did not know what Bell's palsy was. I was, you know, 19 years old. And I was literally mowing the lawn. And I go to my mom, I'm like, mom, it feels like half of my face isn't moving. And she was like, you're having a stroke. You're having a stroke. It was like traumatic. She takes me to the emergency room and the doctor's like, it's Bell's palsy. It commonly happens in women who are pregnant or elderly and apparently this young man. (laughs) And it can happen. They don't really know that much about it. And there are people who are listening right now who've had Bell's palsy and they're like, yes, it's it's horrible. Especially Uh after your freshman year of acting school. Uh After that, everyone was like, well, you can always play the Phantom of the Opera. That'll be something for you. But it's caused by stress. Of course it is. Yeah. And so I, of course, thought it was Jesus mm-hmm. striking me down immediately, you know, or that I had a disease from kissing a man. Of course. And uh, it took a month to get over. It was, oh it was really crazy. God. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, of course, that is a lifetime of Catholic guilt. Yes. Uh, punishing yourself for having a moment of joy. Right. You know, oh, yeah. like an honest yeah. moment of, of joy and rebellion. Your body's going to, your body's going to rise up against you. Yeah. Yeah. Mine did the first time I, I was younger, but it was just sort of like, you know, like sleepover kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. just friend stuff with a kid down the street. Just like, you know, we we watched Risky Business and Uh put ideas in our head and whatever. So there was, you know, hand and mouth stuff. Um, (laughs) But I, uh, I was like 13 and I, like, I, I was like, I have to go home. Like it was five in the morning. So like I go home and I was so, I was uh, like, I, my head hurt and my stomach hurt and I threw up and I was like, well, that's AIDS. Yeah. Got that's AIDS. It. That's it. Like, cause I thought it was just generated uh-huh. like by the friction Contact, between yes. two gay yeah. people or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to die. I'm going to die today. Oh my God. And it, it was yeah. just that thing. It was like, just from like physically 
you know, expressing what I wanted with someone else who wanted the same thing. It was yeah. like, well, no, you can't have that. You're going to die. Yeah. Because you're Catholic. <sighs> yeah. But the actual Catholic church, when you get down to it, is people. Like it is individual people who want to do good. Yeah. There are rules and everyone is breaking them in a million different ways. Right. But when you get down to it, nobody's really, you know, it, it's not – in Ben and Arthur, there's a very evil uh, religious person uh-huh. who wants to kill gay Gotta people. See that? Movie. Oh, you have oh to see God. it. Right? You have to see it. We, the, it seems to. that the entire local Catholic church is plotting not only to break up this couple, but to kill them. To kill them because they're gay. Simply for being gay. It's amazing. Oh. Uh, but yeah, it comes down to individuals who want people to be happy and yeah. want us to be, you know. So I don't know. I got to find my way back to the church in some way. What is yeah. the, What role, if any, does the church play in your life now? <laughs> um, not a big role, to be honest. But um, I certainly have no – I don't have animosity. Um, but what has been great is that – having the rug pulled out from under you when you have a spirituality like that, you have to start finding it on your own Mm -hmm. instead of having it being handed to me, you know, and saying like, here you go, here's your spirituality. It's was figured out 2000 years ago. You should just follow this guide. I've had to figure it out on my own. And with, with my husband, you know, like he also is from a Catholic upbringing and you know, we got married and we had his father marry us. Uh-huh. And um, wow. there was a moment where uh, I think there was like some family discussion asking if we would have something religious be a part of it or like a Bible verse. Uh-huh. And Gerald and I weren't dramatic about it, but we were like, um, oh, no, yeah. no. Yeah, and not because – not yeah, not – it's, it's uh, you know – I think I heard one family member being like, I can't believe there wasn't one mention of the Bible at this gay wedding, which is funny. <laughs> yeah. But I, I've gone to Catholic Mass so many times, yeah. hundreds and hundreds, and I've never heard one mention of a gay person. Right. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say like they should be, but like, you know, I wanted to, there was so much love mm-hmm. and spirituality and, you know, we, we lit candles. We didn't like have you know, the, the, the song to Mary playing in the background, but we, we had, um, bridge over troubled waters and we lit can- a unity candle so uh-huh. that, you know, we tried to kind of have a send up in, in that way. Um, but we had our whole family surrounding us and it was our Irish Catholic families from the Midwest who had never been to a gay w- wedding. It was also 400 people. Oh my God. We have a oh really, God. Where did you do families. it? In New York at the Edison ballroom. Wow. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was really gay crazy. dream come yeah. true. Oh for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's like bar mitzvahs and gay weddings. Wait, it's- so let's go back between Bell's Palsy and Broadway. <laughs> yeah, right. What happens for you? Between you know, Bell's Palsy and Broadway, yeah. right. new memoir. By the way, right, when right, you're right. ready to do your new one man show, there you go. Um, yeah. So that's busy. that's my talent here is naming our guests, uh, giving yes. them terrible yeah. options for a. One person show title. Oh, there are going to be so many one person shows at the <laughs> Complex Theater down yeah. at Santa Monica Boulevard. What what went on for you, like dating wise, um, you know, in New York after? Yeah, or in college? Yeah. <laughs> did you date, or was it just you know? I did. I had a lot of uh, failures in dating. Uh-huh. I didn't. I, I I actually dated a lot. Yeah. And I, but I think that I was always trying to look for somebody to start a family with and no one was really interested in that. Uh Um, Especially when you get to Los Angeles where I lived right out of college here for a few years and then New York, you know, and you know, in the gay community in your twenties, not that I was going on first dates going like, I want to have a child. What about you? It was was. like, 
<laughs> yeah. But go ahead. Yeah. But like you kind of see what people's priorities are. Yeah. And so I kind of – I was never clicking with anybody. There were lots of – there was just a lot of heartbreak. I had a lot of people who I wanted to be more like that. A lot of unrequited love. Oh. A lot. Well, that's the age. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, like, I could tell you there were other, you know, people that I dated who probably would would have said that about me, that I wasn't into them. But, you those know. Those aren't the ones that stick out. That's because, not the ones that you remember. Yeah. You remember the heartbreak, you and know. Is that because a lot of those people wanted, they were in their 20s and they wanted to be drunk and slutty and you were not in, did you have that phase? Yes, Yes, okay. I definitely did. Okay. I mean, I was I was definitely like, you know, when you come out at 19, all of a sudden you're 14. You know, yeah, it's sure. like you were like start puberty over again. Yeah. And you're like, now let me do this right. You know, like yeah. like when people were straight people who get to from the beginning. Um, so, yeah, I definitely had my moment. I was never really that slutty because, again, I think that like Catholicism was yeah. pretty it'll strong, do a number on you know. You. And I, yeah, it'll do a number on you. And you try to like... It, it took me a while to be like, I don't have to try to fit who I am into this box. Right. I have to figure this out on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I met my husband, who I met 10 years ago in April, oh, so wow. we were we were young, you know, right. mid-20s. He's two and a half years younger than I am. He's so <laughs> a different generation. <laughs> oh, um, How did you meet? Uh, we were set up by – I was doing Happy Days the Musical for Mr. Gary Marshall. Uh-huh. Uh, may he rest in peace. The greatest man ever. Um, I was at the Goodspeed Opera House in Connecticut, and one of the ensemble members was like, you should totally meet my friend Gerald. I think you'd really like him. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Meanwhile, I had already MySpace stalked all of his friends and knew uh, exactly who Ger- what Gerald looked like. Yeah. You know, I was like ready to meet uh-huh. this guy. Yeah. You're like, and point him out to me. I won't know yeah, what Yeah, I was like, like I have no idea, but I've already <laughs> done all the research on the early internet. And um, so we were set up. I, I met him after I went to go see on the day off because I was working in Connecticut, would go home to New York. And I went to go see Hairspray because I knew a few people in Hairspray on Broadway at that time. And he went to go see something else. We met after Broadway shows. Uh And um, that was April 22nd, 2008. And I remember because it was the night of the Pennsylvania primary between Obama and Hillary Clinton. Uh And Hillary Clinton won. And I saw on my phone, I go, oh, Clinton won. And he said, oh, my God, you're kidding me. Clinton won. And I was like, yeah. I was like, are you into politics? And he said, no, I'm into show choir. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, Clinton Attaché is the biggest show choir from Mississippi. <laughs> it's like the yeah. most award-winning show choir of all time, like yeah. a high school show choir. He was into show choir in Indiana. It's like a big thing there. Yeah. And he still follows it to this day. Wow. And that's like the most perfect portrait of who we are because I'm like into the politics and he's yeah. – in- the show choir. Um, He's reading a book about that show choir person called What Happened. Yes. Their loss what Happened. And, yeah, they yeah. came in second this mm-hmm. year. Hard choices. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, it, we hit it off and we were, but we were very young. So it was really tough. You know, like when you meet the person that you're like, oh, I'm probably going to be with this person forever yeah. in your early twenties, you're kind of screwed. Yeah. You're like, I have so much fucking up to do. Yeah. Yeah. And we did a lot of our fucking up together and we continue to like, it's, it's been the most amazing thing ever to, to have somebody who I love my best friend. 
with me at every step of the way. And it's, it's also really hard when you're like, I'm going to go do Hamilton in New York. Yeah. You stay here and I'll uh-huh. be back. And you know, it's, it, it's crazy. Cause you kind of have to support each other through all life's ups and downs. But I would imagine after 10 years though, that sometimes like a long distance aspect adds a little fun to it. No, um, not a year and a half. Oh, right. like that is, it, that is, it is yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> that's like excessive. yes. When you're like, Oh my God, it's going to be so hard to be away for a yeah. whole month. And then you have a it, weekend together. Yeah. And, and we, we did that yeah. where I'd be like, Oh my God, how are we going to get through these three weeks? Uh-huh. Yeah. And then you do 18 months oh my and God. it's like, and if, if it's hard when you're doing Hamilton, you know, like the greatest thing I could ever possibly be mm-hmm. involved with it's just insane to do it for anything, you yeah. know? And, but I'm, I'm so glad that we did. We did it for a reason. We were my, we're, you know, we want to start a family. We want to live in LA. We want to do a bunch of things and you kind of have to go through tough stuff. So and, how did you make it work? Uh, we, we traveled as much as possible. He came to New York 12 times. I came to New York three times, or excuse me, to LA from New York three times. And then in San Francisco, it's a, it's a really yeah, easy yeah, flight. It's super easy. I was there like every other weekend. Uh-huh. But, and now it's, it's hard still because he's a normal person. He's in work nine to five. I go to work to get to Pantages at like four o'clock. So I don't see him until midnight. Uh-huh. How many times has he seen you in Hamilton? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, he would say, enough. No. <laughs> um, uh, probably like eight times. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he loves There's the no show. There's no such thing yeah. as enough. No. There's a, yeah, sure. Of course. course. No, no, no. But, um, he's, he's definitely come, like every time some, a family member comes, he's, he's come to see it and he's sure. gotten to see the Broadway, original Broadway cast. He got to see all the replacements uh-huh. and he's got to see it in San Francisco and now in Los Angeles. And you know, it's great. And it would, he, is the only thing that kept me sane through Book of Mormon and Hamilton. When I lost the Tony uh, for Book of Mormon, which he refers to me as the Tony loser. I'm not a Tony nominee <laughs> in the house. I'm a Tony loser. He literally leaned over to me and said, I'm sorry, I don't date losers. Oh. And, and you know, that sounds like so harsh. People are like, oh my God. But that is the right response yes. from your partner yeah. to make you laugh. And my mom, who was like up in the balcony, you know, would have been like, are you okay? Yeah, and like, yes, yeah, yeah. I'm in Book of Mormon. I'm okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's, he's grounded me and, and kept me sane through so much of the craziness that our business is. Right. So you want to start a family. How do you, how do you see that happening? Uh, adoption. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And yeah. Is it uh, happening soon? Um, that is, has my mom been talking to you? Because that's like the million dollar <laughs> question. I get that yeah. asked all the time. I don't know when it's going to happen. It feels like at this point, it's, it's a lot of paperwork. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of home visits from a social worker mm-hmm. asking you a lot of invasive questions. Very, very nice. But you're like, wow, yeah, this right. is like you're interrogated to go into the CIA or something. Yeah. Um, we started that whole process in January. I was coming home on the days off in, in San Francisco and we're just finishing it up eight months later. Yeah. Paperwork, home study visits. So something could have happened and we could have been like, we need you to finish this right now. Yeah. But it's probably all happening at the right pace sure. for what our life is now that I'm back in LA. We're living together again. That's a good yeah. sign of being good parents. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so we're waiting. It's basically like dating now. Now sure. we see profiles and our profile is shown to, to uh, uh, birth parents and- and you see what happens. Do, are you going to do it? I mean, and I'm going to get personal. Are you going to do it in an open way? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. Um, I, I didn't know my biological father, mm-hmm. so I feel really strongly that if they want to be a part of our child's life in any way or oh, I want to oh, talk about it openly right. as much as possible. Right. So um, – and and everyone who we've talked to who has that, it sounds so scary at first. You're like, you don't want to have to deal with that. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. going to be a part of this child's life, your your life. And frankly, you don't know what the extent of uh, a birth mother – or father would be comfortable with. So it's really like a, an individual situation. Um, but ideally it sounds like it, the, the perfect version of it is that the birth parents are the equivalent of like aunts and uncles or, you know, someone who's in the kid's life, uh, but you sort of get to set the boundaries and they're not considered like another parent figure, but right. Right. They're there, but they have a role. Yeah. yeah I mean, and, and most times they're, very far away because the child can come from anywhere yeah. Yeah. in the country. Um, so it's, 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 it's definitely about setting the boundaries early on. I think, you know, I'll know a lot more after I go through it, but from mm-hmm. what I've heard, it's really about setting those boundaries and creating a situation that's healthy for your child. And so even though it might be tricky, I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we'll see. I know there's going to be lots of, sadness and heartache mm-hmm. and joy but that's kind of what i think being a parent is yeah. no matter what yeah. no matter how you get a kid and we're and we are rewriting the rules as we go yeah you know yeah. so you're going to figure it out on your own but you're doing it in a in a in a mindful and, and conscientious way yeah it's so exciting. It I, I hope we can have you back with the whole family once your your brood has grown. Absolutely, yeah. Yes. No, I'm. It is. It is exciting. We're gonna. We're hopefully planning a trip because we haven't gone on a trip together in like. I don't think we've ever really gone on a trip just the two of us. Oh wow! So we're hoping once Hamilton is done or when I can take a break, we can go on a big trip and then yeah. come back and have a baby. Baby oh waiting. My God, I love it. How long? How much longer for Hamilton? By the way. Um. Well, I'll be when. What is retirement age? Sixty-five. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I, I hopefully will be doing it forever. I'm very serious about that. Like I know how much fun this is. I know how great of a job it is. I will probably take time off here or there. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe years at a time and then get come come back and revisit it. I can't play a tap dancing uh closeted gay Mormon who's 19 years old forever, but mm-hmm. I can probably play King George the 3rd. Yeah. Forever. Sure. How so, long is it in LA? Until December 30th. December 30th. Oh, great. Yeah. What night did you bring tickets for us for? Uh, uh, you know, let's uh, get those on the table. Just, um, okay, uh, we'll clear this. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Okay, great. Right. Would you like to stay and answer uh, a, a question for advice? Oh yeah, sure. Would you like to offer advice to a listener? Of course. Well, good. You're going to do that right after this. Thank you, Rory. Oh, baby, baby, just in time for the Homophilia Book Club. Support for today's show comes from Audible. Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, and business information providers. Audible makes getting more books in your life easy with an unbeatable selection of audiobooks and incredible performances. Unlike a streaming or rental service, with Audible, you own your books, so then you can access them anytime, anywhere from your iPhone, your iPad, your Android, your Amazon Fire tablet, even your Windows phone. Audible uh, has an unbeatable selection of audiobooks that transforms your commute and your ride. 
Guys, I moved to Eagle Rock recently. Where is Eagle Rock? I don't know. It's far. And so now my ride has been transformed with Audible. Right now I'm listening to Party of One by Dave Holmes. That's right. My co-host. The book that we keep talking about on the air, which I pretended to read and I hadn't. But now, thanks to Audible, I am. You can get your free audiobook with a 30-day trial at www.audible.com slash homo. That's www.audible.com slash homo, H-O-M-O, for a free audiobook with your 30-day trial. Guys, transform your commute and ride with Audible. Uh, we're back, and our producer, Dana Wickens, is going to read a question for us that came in, apparently over Google Text. I didn't yeah. even know yeah, this Yeah, I didn't know that you could get texts on and Google Voice, fact, but apparently you can. It's, so. it's kind of preferable, actually, because sometimes it's difficult to understand people yep. over Google yeah. Voice. So the number, once again, if you want to text in a question or call, 424-248-8978. There we go. Okay, okay, you guys ready for this? I'm ready. You ready? Okay. I'm ready. Rory? I'm ready. Okay, so this person said, okay, I'm texting from Canada, so I hope this gets to you guys, and I also hope this is the Homophilia podcast because that would be embarrassing if it isn't. I need some advice, I guess. I'm still kind of figuring out everything about myself, but I think I may be asexual. I've had sexual relationships before, but I've always been into sex more for the intimacy of it rather than anything else, and I find myself shying away from any sexual situations. Mm. Anyway, I've started dating this guy, and he's amazing, but I haven't told him that I'm asexual partly because I don't even know if I am, but also because I don't want that to ruin our relationship. Is this wrong? I feel like I'm leading him on, and it makes me feel terrible, or I feel like I wouldn't be enough for him, and that also feels terrible. Thanks for the help and for the wonderful podcast. Oh, well, you're welcome for that question. Question from an asexual, potentially an asexual. Have either of you ever known an asexual? Well, not someone who's said it, but Mm. someone who I assume is. Right. And by that, I mean somebody who, I guess, somebody who I think is in the closet. Mm Mm-hmm. And who is just clearly not acting out on anything. So I'm mm-hmm. like, well, maybe that's just not something they want. Yeah. So maybe maybe it's a you who didn't make it to Carnegie Mellon? Right. Yeah. yeah. Just <laughs> stuck at the they threshold. They need to find Matt Bomer immediately. Oh, my God. Get an audience with Matt Bomer. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's our audience. To, I mean, our, our advice to this person. Yeah. Is, yeah. Get yourself maybe in front of Matt Bomer. <laughs> that should be the litmus test. Yeah. If you if you think you might be asexual, stand before Matt Bomer. If you feel and you will nothing. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't want to. I don't want to diminish that person's experience. Not I don't want to make fun of anybody because that is a real thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I, I the, the person said something very interesting, which is I'm not interested in sex except for the intimacy. But that is what sex yeah. is. Yeah. That is what sex is. And I think when you're younger, there's, and maybe this is a very young person. I think the younger generation has grown up with uh, very easy access to pornography, right? Mm -hmm. So you see all these crazy things and they're at your fingertips, your entire, like through your whole sexual development. So you might get this idea that in order to be sexual, you have to be doing all these crazy positions Mm -hmm. and trying out all kinds of, you know, like all Kama Sutra stuff. Yeah, and treating each other in a certain way that you're like, that doesn't appeal to me. Exactly, yeah, rougher than people treat each other, correct? It is truly about quiet moments of intimacy between yeah. two people. So um, I think maybe this person is judging themselves against a standard that is not yeah. uh, realistic. I, Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. I totally agree. And they also said that they don't know if they're 
leading this person on or if they're good enough. It felt it felt very much like I don't know if I'm going to fulfill them sexually and less about intimacy is the hardest part. Right. Right. So if you're there, you're going to find something else uh, on the other side of that in in sex that will be enough for that person. Right. I think. Unless yeah. this person the, is uh is is saying to you like I want you to fuck me 3 times a day mm-hmm. and that's what I'm signing up for. Yeah. Then maybe you have a problem but it doesn't well, sound like that's Well maybe they have a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. Point. yeah. And we, yeah. yeah, which is possible. And and uh you know, I would think in the early stages of a relationship is when you really understand the person sexually kind yeah. of the best because you because there is so much crazy unbridled passion and that right. kind of thing. So I think the partner already knows if there's a disparity in sexual sure. yeah. appetites. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So keep going. Be as honest as you can be. Yeah. And and I mean this is gonna be my advice to every, everybody, but talk to a therapist. Yeah. It's Absolutely. very important. Every every human being should. Um it will whatever it is that you are, that person will guide you to that realization in, yeah. in a good and gentle and, and gentle. Gentle gentle and careful way. But if you can't talk to a therapist to guide you in a gentle way, then sit down with Dave Holmes because it really is like a therapy session. Oh, good. Thank you. Very comforting. Talking to a Rory O'Malley is like a therapy session. Rory O'Malley, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. This has been such a pleasure. such a gem. Can't wait to see you. Which night are we going to see him? Yeah, exactly. What's the... Any night you want, guys. Just Just show up. This is the bit that everybody does with you, I'm sure, in LA (laughs) all the time and you're very nice to indulge us. Yeah, that was incredibly kind. You're the best. Thank you. So Come much. back anytime. Thanks. Bring a child. I will. <laughs> uh, Matt, how much do you love Rory O'Malley? Oh, to be in the room where it happened. Okay. To Rory O'Malley, what a joy! He's so charming and nice, and thank you so, so much. By, we should we should give Rory. a shout out to his lovely publicist who joined us on the back wall. Our first publicist in the room. Oh, we are really off and running we now. Really we got publicists in the place. Yes. Also, thanks to everyone here at Earwolf, Dana Wickens, uh, Ryan at the uh, at, at the controls. Yep. Colin, Chris, everybody. Everybody. Thank you to Ben Wise for our beautiful music. Beautiful, fun cocktail party music. And thank you so much for listening. If you have not yet left a uh, a review for us on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, please do. It really helps. Yes. Uh, There's a lot of content out there. Let us us know what you're liking. Uh, And we'll see you next week. Thank you so much, Dave. Thank you, man. Thank you so much to our sponsor, Thursday Boot Company. Oh, we love you so much, Thursday Boot Company. You're comfy, you're chocolatey. You're handcrafted with those high-quality materials, and you're sold at honest prices starting at just one forty-nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you free, sh- free shipping and returns. The best boots at the best value are only a click away. When I say chocolatey, I don't mean flavor-wise. I just mean color-wise. They, they use good, dark, yeah. deep brown leather. But still delicious. They look delicious. If you want to chew on them, they are also delicious. Head on over to thursdayboots.com. Use the code FREESHIP TODAY to have a pair on your doorstep by this Thursday. Hello, I'm Alexander Graham Bell. I stole the idea for the telephone. Hey, people steal ideas all the time. Everywhere. Even in the worlds of music and comedy. Stolen Idea is a punk rock musical set in these two worlds where theft can make or break a career. They're written by Matt Besser and Bobby Matthews. Produced by Brett Morris. Starring Matt Besser, 
Bobby Matthews, Virginia Matthews, John Gimberling, Mike Cassidy, Paul Rust, Scott Ackerman, Harris Whittles, Mike Still, Danielle Schneider, and James Adomian. Stolen Idea is only available on Stitcher Premium. Go to stitcherpremium.com slash stolen. Hey everyone, Scott Aukerman here, and I am here to tell you why, if you love podcasts, and it sounds like you're listening to one right now, I bet that you're going to love a little show that I host on Earwolf called Comedy Bang Bang. Comedy Bang Bang is the show, there's no better way to describe it than as the show where I talk to interesting people. Doesn't that sound great? Some of those interesting people just this year that we've had on include Tignataro, Andy Samberg, Kamel Nanjiani, John Hamm, Rachel Bloom, so many more, and we have some amazing guests coming this fall that I can't even mention yet. And then stick around after my first interview because you never know what other entertaining people or interesting people just might show up. There has never been a better time to start listening to Comedy Bang Bang. Check it out on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, Jazos. <laughs> Ruler of the eighth circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.